Headed into the offseason after a deeply disappointing 7-10 season, what can the Minnesota Vikings do to take the next step? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to the locked on vikings podcast where we're always trying to learn something new it's part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thank you all so much for listening to the locked on vikings podcast each and every day hashtag everydayers i love y'all i love hearing from you and i thank you all so so very much for making all of this possible if you're new hi what's up my name's luke you can find me on uh you can find this show on youtube you can find the show on Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app, and of course, wherever you listen to podcasts, including SiriusXM. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Today's Twitter Tuesday. That means I'm answering your questions as submitted to me via Twitter at LukeBrownNFL or at LockedOnVikings, via the Google form in the show notes, which you can fill out whenever you want, or you can always send me an email at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. First one I'm going to answer comes from Bad Dad Joke, who says, aside from winning more or holding on to the football, what is a realistic offseason change in strategy or personnel you would like to see the 2024 Vikings implement to make both of their games more exciting, or to make their games more exciting for the fan base? So, um... A lot of people ask some version of what are the needs, what would you do, you know, outside of, of course, quarterback, what are the Vikings needed to do in the offseason? So I figure this is a good time to just sort of go broad strokes, right? Um, pass rush is an emergency, right? As it stands right now, since they're slated to lose Daniil Hunter, the best pass rusher that they will have under contract is Patrick Jones. Like that's, if they had to play a game, you know, the day after free agency opens and they don't have, and they don't do anything about it, they will have Patrick Jones. Now they're going to do something about it. How much they do and how successful those moves are will, I think, be really deterministic as to how good the defense is in 2024. So it's pass rush. And I'm, I'm leaving pass rush intentionally vague. That can mean an edge rusher. That can mean, you know, bringing back Daniel Hunter and signing a cool free agent. That can mean drafting someone, some cool edge rusher. That can mean a cool pass rushing three technique defensive tackle. That can mean a huge schematic change. But they have to find a way to generate pass rushers without manufacturing it, which is what they had to rely on in 2024. To put it more shortly, I guess, I want guys that can win one-on-ones consistently beyond just Daniel Hunter. And if we lose Daniel Hunter, then we kind of need two. I think you need at least two guys that can be scary as uh, to like a guard in a one-on-one or a tackle in a one-on-one. Carlos Skull asks, everyone is talking about moving up in the draft to get QB of the future, but wouldn't it be better for a team with as many holes as we have to pick a position of need at 11, like an edge rusher, and then trade back into the ending of the first round for one of the guys projected on day two, such as Penix or McCarthy? So you're talking about like the 2014 strategy, um, draft Anthony Barr, and then trade back up in and get, you know, whatever quarterback is falling, which is Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's valid. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat here. So I, I will say that that is one of many valid strategies, including trade up, which is my preferred one, uh, because I think ultimately a roster with a lot of holes, but a really good quarterback can still find success. I think that's what you're looking at in Houston right now. They got a lot of players over there that can be improved upon over over time. But because they hit on C.J. Stroud, they get to win the division, they get to go play in the playoffs, and they get to have to feel like there's this bright future. And 
the problems that they have to solve are easier to solve because of how good C.J. Stroud is versus when you have someone like, you know, I don't know, somebody with a penchant for being 500 and eternally is is uh, synonymous with the idea of mid, then the problems you have to solve become a lot harder because those standards are a lot higher, right? You need it to be Justin Jefferson because if supporting cast cannot elevate their quarterback by being really good in protection or by like being Justin Jefferson, um, then yeah, you're, you're going to have a harder time solving your problems in the future. It, it, it's basically a long-winded way of saying quarterback clears all things at all times. And once you have your quarterback, you can figure everything else out over the long run. But if you don't have a quarterback, it's really hard to figure that out. If your quarterback isn't good, then it doesn't really matter what else you did in the long run. Uh, Scoliosis says, would, would rookie quarterbacks be more successful on the whole if the draft was in March and free agency in April? It would allow teams to build around the strength of their guys once they get them. Okay, so I see what you're saying. I don't know how much of an impact it would have because ultimately, at the end of the day, the the draft strategy still kind of has that effect. Like, you're already kind of seeing that. If you look at a draft and say, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that's going to affect the prospects of someone signing Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson, right? Or trading for Russell Wilson or however that's going to work. Um, a team is going to be a little more reticent to do that until they know what they're drafting, right? So if the draft is in March, you're still going to kind of have the prospects of signing a player affected by the draft just like more directly. But I actually really support moving the draft earlier, if only because we have spend too much time on draft. The draft is not for four months. We are going to spend so much time reading mock drafts, reading draft projections, reading, you know, QB needs and which teams need what and rumors and who's going to take who and draft visits and all that. We are going to drown ourselves in it. Unless you're the kind of person that like doesn't listen to Vikings podcasts in the off season, in which case you can't hear me. So <laughs> I guess that's not worth addressing. Um, but like it, it, it's too much. And I think it honestly, I think teams fall for it too. I think you spend four months thinking about guys and suddenly, you know, you, you overthink players like, Lamar Jackson or you overthink players like Justin Jefferson uh, and, and that helps lead to the random. I think the draft would be more accurate if it were earlier, I guess is the, what I'm trying to say. Uh, Sports guy 709 says, what are your thoughts on Harrison Phillips's season in time with the Vikings? It's been a couple years since they signed him. Has he been a requisite replacement for Michael Pierce overall? Uh, they've definitely gotten more out of him than they got out of Pierce, right? Because Pierce had his COVID opt out and then he got hurt. And so he, he was sort of uh, a what could have been for me. Um, whereas Harrison Phillips is, has been very tangible. Uh, is he better than Michael Pierce? I would say debatable. Um, but it's been really good. I've been really happy with my, with Harrison Phillips. If you search my Twitter account, just search on Twitter from colon Luke Braun NFL Zen, the word Zen Z E N, you will find a lot of Harrison Phillips highlights. Uh, he just does what he does. It's, it's a dirty work role as a nose tackle. You don't hear a lot about nose tackles because it's not a flashy job, but when you understand the importance of that job and you understand how much what the what Ivan Pace does belongs to Harrison Phillips in a way and what Daniel Hunter does belongs to Harrison Phillips in a way. Uh, the, some of the credit belongs to those teammates because especially in run defense, it's all symbiotic. 
everybody relies on everybody. And with one person in position, well, it makes another person easier, like to get them in position, which in turn makes the first guy's job easier. And it all, they all play off each other. He's been great. Uh, not a lot of nuance to that. Cade asks, what's your dream draft scenario? You get third person omnipotence. Do you trade with, uh, do you trade and with whom, what positions do you target? Um, okay. So for me, the priority one, a exclamation point, exclamation point, capital a capital a is quarterback. Of course, figure out your quarterback situation for me personally. I am ready to be done with the Kirk cousins thing. Uh, he is going to be older. He's going to be coming off an Achilles injury and the season as, as much as it sucks that he kind of went out on his highs, we had seen six years of evidence that his highs will then come back down to lows. Kind of always you have your Kirktober and then you have your meltdowns at the end, right? Um, that, or you have your bad October and you have your Kirk Vember, which is, uh, what happened or, or Kirk cousins had poor games against like the, the Cowboys and the Packers, you know, like it, it, it was last year. It was always inconsistent. And that was always the deal was you get these great games that say, this is a Super Bowl quarterback. And I said that after, uh, the 49ers game, I said that after the commanders game in 2022 as well, as well, like that's a Super Bowl quarterback performance. Why can't we get it every time? Right? So for me, I'm ready to let that be somebody else's thing. And I'm ready to move on to a youngster who that youngster is. I'll get back to you. Uh, but let's just say, call him youngster X for now. Uh, and I would trade up for him if necessary. Uh, that's my dream scenario. Go up, get a serious quarterback, get somebody that we all can all get super, super hyped and excited about. Plus, that'd just be really fun to cover. I want to talk about a new guy for once. I've been covering Kirk Cousins literally my entire career as a person covering the Vikings. Uh, it's It'd be cool to see something different. That's just my own selfish thing as well. Trump says, is it possible to re-sign Kirk, extend Jefferson, Derisaw, Hunter, and get free agents? And if not, I'm pretty sure it's not. What is the most likely slash probable to be cut off? Ho, <laughs> baby. Is it ever possible? I will explain that to you next. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. If you are looking for a little bit of rooting interest... In the playoffs, maybe you just can't quite get your head wrapped around like Steelers Bills and you're just looking for something to have a little fun with, whether it's Jalen Warren or, or Josh Allen or whatever. Go to FanDuel.com. You can find live same game parlays. You can find popular bets in the Explore tab. Maybe tail some of the people that um, do this a lot. <laughs> or you can even go to the Parlay Hub and make a weird parlay. If you are new to FanDuel, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose on that bet just for placing it. You get 150 bucks back in bonus bets. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and make any $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Moving on with this Twitter Tuesday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Circling back to that question, can the Vikings have it all cap-wise? Oh, baby, yeah. The, the, the salary cap is so incredibly not an issue. What you have to look at with the salary cap to get a sense is not only the money that they have this year, but the money that they have access to next year because that money is going to influence the contracts that they sign. For one, contracts are multi-year things, right? So a $20 million a year deal for two years also pulls from the 2025 cap, which they have like $139 million. They have like no commitments for that year. Um, 
but they also have 37 million call it functionally 27 million because you need to to do the set aside 10 mil for the draft and contingency and stuff um so functionally 27 mil to spend and 139 to spend from next year um what makes hunter and kirk easier is because of the way the void years work they are sort of going to be halfway discounted that 37 million assumes that Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins' contracts will void out and become these big giant dead cap hits. If they are extended, that won't happen, and it will mean that depending on what you do, you can even extend them and use a signing bonus and actually get those numbers down. So you can get Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and then end up with more 2024 cap space than you had before. You have to borrow more from 2025 to do that, but my goodness, they've got 140 mil. They kind of can, so sure. And the same applies to Justin Jefferson, who already counts for 19 mil on the cap. So any extension, you're either adding to that a little bit or you're converting that to signing bonus and bringing his cap hit down as well. All very, very easy to do. Uh, And if they want to do that, they can and they can sign all the free agents they want or they can decide, let's not, you know, borrow from the future a whole bunch. We're not really excited about that many free agents. Let's just get these guys all paid and front load some stuff and use the, the space and the flexibility we have now to sort of get ahead on our debts and then hopefully reap the rewards later when we're more excited about the free agent class. It is as flexible as it has, I think, ever been in my adult life. Honestly, like cap wise, I, I think the last time it was this open was 2017, 2018, maybe. But even that, not really, uh, because they still had. Well, I guess they have a quarterback issue to deal with this year as well. So um, they have a lot of cap space. You don't have to be freaking out about it. Like we, you know, we, we don't have to go. Oh, they got to figure out how to restructure a contract. They don't really have to do that at all. Open hat says. If Cousins were to agree to it, would they be able to make his... Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. Uh, would, he, would they be able to make his 2024 season live on vet men salary and designate him as a post-June 1st cut to delay the acceleration of his 2025 on void year and dead cap hits? Pay a million to save 17 in the current season. So I scoured for this a while ago because I had the same thought and I could not find anything preventing you from doing this. I, I might be wrong there. Somebody can say, no, 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 there's this rule. You can't actually do that. But... It wouldn't even cost that million because you wouldn't have to guarantee any of the money, right? You sign him and then you cut him for no additional cost. Um, and if Kirk Cousins were willing to do that, which I don't see why he wouldn't, all he's got to do is sign a piece of paper and forget about it. Um, if he were willing to do that, then yeah, that would essentially give you that cap spreading out uh, effect that you would get from extending him without actually spending any more money on him. I think you can do it. I, I I need to just say that you can do it and wait for someone to correct me, though, because I'm still not 100% sure that I got that. But yes, I think you can do exactly that. And uh, I, I think that would be like a really sneaky move that probably shouldn't be allowed, but like is. Uh, anyways, Dr. Bop says you have the opportunity to trade up for Caleb Williams, number one, but it requires we trade Jordan Addison. Yes or no. That's going to be a no for me. Not because I think that Jordan Addison is a more valuable player than the idea of what Caleb Williams could be, but there's two reasons. One, bird in hand is worth two in the bush. We know Jordan Addison is a successful receiver. Very exciting. Ten touchdowns. We know what we have in him, and we can be excited about him. A draft pick could be a total flameout, right? What if you did that and Caleb Williams was the next Zach Wilson? We don't know, and so you incur that risk, and and that 
deflates what Caleb Williams can be and his value because you have to account for all outcomes. And that's how you think probabilistically, right? Um, but also, I'm just I'm not that into Caleb Williams, to be honest. Uh, he is the only quarterback that I've done, like finished doing my work on. And I don't really see him as the, you know, generational game breaking. He's going to be the next big thing prospect. It's not that I think he's like bad or anything like that. It's not that I think he shouldn't be in the NFL or anything like that. But as the number one overall, you know, you need to trade seven first round picks to get this guy. And, you know, anybody that won a game actually made a mistake because they won a game in the year Caleb Williams was was coming out. I don't see it with him. I don't know. Uh, if you want more on that, uh, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. I spent an hour uh, going over my thoughts there. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, more in a second. But first, Waka Waka asks, is there a worse situation in the entire league than the Vikings D-line group? So like I said, it is an emergency. It's a bad situation. I don't know intimately the uh, futures of all the position groups in the NFL because I only cover one team. <laughs> but what I'll say is this, it, like probably pretty up there, right? Because they have two players under contract. They were the fourth and fifth players on the depth chart uh, at edge rusher. At, at D-line, it's similarly barren. They've got one serious player on the D-line under contract right now, and that's Harrison Phillips. Um, however, that situation is made better by the fact that they have the inside track to Daniil Hunter if they want it. Right. If they want Daniel Hunter to be back, Daniel Hunter will be back. He was talking to Darren Wolfson in the locker room during locker room cleanout day, and they asked, like, hey, you know, what do you want? He's like, Yeah, I would love to be back. I understand it's a business and we we do what we gotta do, but I love it here and I want to be back. For a guy that doesn't actually have to do that could just do nothing and hit free agency, I think that that's meaningful and I believe him. Um, but the Vikings have to want him back. The fact that they have that opportunity is a better opportunity than somebody else would have that doesn't necessarily have a superstar in the building that they can give an offer to and he'll genuinely consider. And you got two months to figure that out before anybody else gets to do that. Uh, Scooter says, with all the attention that Justin Jefferson gets, why don't the Vikings do more pump fakes in his direction? Um, So I think the answer to this is they probably don't need to to get the effect that you want here. Uh, and, and he went on to talk about like deception and how people like overplay Justin Jefferson so hard. Why not play further into it? Um, what you want is for defensive backs to relate to, uh, Justin Jefferson and, and for that gravity to impact safeties and stuff, right? You don't really need a pump fake. A pump fake is usually going to be for, to, to fake shorter routes. So it would be for like out and ups, which they do. So there is some of this, um, they do have like an, an out and up or a shrug and go, Right where it looks like it's going to be stick. You pump fake the stick, hope that somebody bites on it, and then you actually run a go. Um, but with deeper routes, pump faking doesn't do a lot because if you're a free safety, you don't really need to react to the quarterback's throwing motion. You can see the ball coming and you got all the time in the world to go over there because you're so deep. So those deep routes that Justin Jefferson usually runs, a pump fake doesn't really do anything but throw the quarterback off. Um... And all you really need is for that safety to relate to the routes, which is what those defenders are doing. A lot of times they're not even watching the quarterback. They're watching the routes, depending on what defense you're against. So a pump fake won't do anything. Um, If you want 
the Vikings to utilize the fact that teams overplay Justin Jefferson. They are doing that in a lot of ways. Pump fakes are only appropriate in certain contexts. James Kunow says, for all the issues on defense, I know you mentioned play calls like Dagger are completely killing our scheme. Would, be, would getting better talent be enough to resolve this issue, or is this an issue that goes beyond we need better players? That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to it. Um, I, I, am, I need to be smarter about defense by a lot than I am to be able to answer that for real. But what I can tell you is at least the old adage that, hey, if you got better players, you don't need to work as hard with the scheme, right? Um, if they are able to get home with one-on-one pass rushes more often then Dagger, which takes a long time to develop, won't be able to develop as much. And all your Dagger calls will turn into sacks and pressures and scrambles and throwaways and all of that stuff. So yeah, it'll help for sure if you want to move to different coverages and try to do poach coverages or use quarters principles or all kinds of other things. That gets into a world where I honestly start to feel a little bit over overwhelmed and lost. Uh, but hey, that just means I've got a place to grow, right? Um... I want to finish this out with a bit of a heart-to-heart as well as the rest of your questions here on Twitter Tuesday. So that's coming up. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. And let me tell you, we finally hit a full one. Uh, if you tailed me on Prize Picks all year long, you ended up up on the season. I know because I did that. <laughs> ended up up on the season. If you want to get involved in daily fantasy football with me with prize picks, just download the prize picks app or head on over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. And you can use code uh, locked on NFL all lowercase for a first spot of the match up to a hundred dollars. Pick two to six of your favorite players, slam them all together to see if you can get that big old payout. And that's exactly how it happened. I hit, we hit week 18. We hit the, the lions one. And that's all we needed to make up for like nine losses in a row. So fantastic stuff with prize picks. Uh, And you can join me and uh, have a little bit of fun with the playoffs with uh, some non-Vikings prize picks, prized picks. I don't think we'll do that on this show, but hey, go forth and prosper. Once again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Wrapping up this episode of Locked On Vikings podcast, the next one comes from uh, Shadowflame, who says, right now, let's say Kirk comes up to you with a $75 million two-year deal with the first year fully guaranteed and the second maybe half guaranteed, giving a decent discount from other teams. Would you take the offer or move on? Um, so you're asking in principle, what if he gave you like a hometown discount deal? Would you take it? But I don't think that that is a hometown discount deal. Um Using Brad Spielberger, who does cap stuff for pro football focus, he projects contracts in a way that I know I don't think anybody else does. And with accuracy, I don't think accuracy, I don't think anybody else has. It's really hard to do that. He's not right all the time, but I think he's right more than pretty much anybody else. So I I feel comfortable just going with him. And he said two years, 60 for Kirk Cousins, no matter where it is. So if you want a hometown discount on that and it's a significant discount, it'd be like two years, 55 or something like that. And then, oh, my goodness, that's a bargain. But for me, again, I, 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 it's more about Kirk and less about the money. And it always has been for me, even going back to 2018, 2019, when I had no idea what I was talking about or doing, that still was kind of the principle. It's like it, money is money. Like they'll figure it out. But is this the guy? And for me, no, he's not. And he hasn't been. Uh, 
I guess everybody has their price, right? If he wants to play for the Vikings for a dollar, that generates an advantage in and of itself. Um, but I probably, to the offer that you put, I, for a couple of reasons, it's a move on. Scene Season asks, do you feel, how do you feel about the scheme that favors players tackling and how it will change as we get more D-line help, meaning we won't have to rush seven just to get pressure? So I, I see through you, see, Scene Season, this is Lewis Scene Cope, which I respect. Um, so... Basically, that's, I think, what happened with Lewisine and Osamo in particular um, and, and Booth. They haven't been good tacklers, and you have to be a good tackler in the Flores scheme, and Jay Ward's a better tackler, Theo Jackson's a better tackler, they're going to get in the game, right? Troy Dye's a better tackler, he's going to get in the game. Um, yeah, if you don't have to blitz as much, you have more hats in the secondary to rally when it's, you know, a check down, right? But if you're a bad tackler, a quick run of, you know, a quick rep of stick on second and six can become an explosive play. It's completely unacceptable. Um, but if you are not having to rush six or seven so often, yeah, you can have more hats back. That'll rally. That is the Ed Donatel philosophy. So careful the devil you're dancing with. Um, that's the Vic Fangio thing is, you know, let's drop seven, be in soft zones all day and rally and tackle. And now if we miss a tackle, there's three other hats coming and we'll be all right. Um, I, I think ultimately, in every defense, you still have to be able to tackle better than those players can. And I think that's the, the thing that's holding them back right now. Which brings me to uh, Cam X Storm, who says, if a player has poor tackling technique, is that something we can hope uh, that they improve on? Or is it just what it, what it is? Hope? Sure. Yeah, you can get better at things. Of course. I, I mean, I, we all get better at things all the time. You can absolutely improve upon a skill. Do we expect it? Can we set our watch by it? Of course not, but it will always be something that is possible if they approach the offseason with that particular focus and if they don't choose a different one, which a lot of people could disagree with me and say that maybe, and coaches, right? <laughs> like, it, it, uh, the Vikings, like, coaching staff can actually say, no, actually, Lewis, seen your focus in the offseason should be this or that or whatever. And they would have their reasons to say that as well. But if they decided to focus on tackling on the offseason, yeah, I think that you can get better at that if you have the right coaching. Uh, Blake says, who of the Bears and Commanders or Patriots do you see being the most realistic trade-down candidate for the Vikings, however unlikely that timeline may be? That's a pretty unlikely timeline. I don't see it being the Bears. I don't think they give us the number one overall pick and the best quarterback in the draft. Uh, that would be rough to invite that into your own division. Um, I see it being New England because I see them as the most likely team to sign Kirk Cousins in the event that we let Kirk Cousins walk and then get really desperate for a trade-up. I shouldn't say desperate, really motivated for a trade-up. Uh, and New England could be one of the teams he signs with, and then they would be one of the teams most willing to trade down. Um, Javier Roder says, when will you start your film analysis on draft prospects? Enjoyed watching the breakdowns on Patreon last year. Thank you very much, patreon.com slash LukeBronNFL. Uh, as I, I, I already mentioned it earlier in the show, but Caleb Williams is already up there and it's free to watch. So uh, you can get through it um, at this time. I, I do want to take a moment too. Somebody put in the Twitter Tuesday doc a, a big long thing about how they didn't like how long my videos are. Uh, it's going to be like that. I, I will take my time with Patreon in a way I can't do on Locked on Vikings because we got a time schedule here. I will take my time on Patreon and say what I mean and make sure that I have the proper nuance. If you're looking for quick takes and, you know, nice, concise things that get to the point, you're probably going to find a lot of that on like TV and radio. And I don't really need to compete with them. 
the, the advantage of Patreon is that I don't have a time limit and I can say what I need to say about it. And I really like it for that reason, that, that I can slow down and take my time and take five minutes to describe one play because I can get into every little nuance and nook and cranny of the play. And I feel like that's more complete. And I, I, I feel like for me, that's more comfortable. Um, Skull Actuary asked one, a bit combative, buddy, but I'll take it anyways, who says, why are you so open-minded yet so stubborn about certain takes, e.g. draft slot? Um, I talked about this, my, my thing about the draft slot a lot yesterday, so I'll, I'll leave that take there. But uh, to answer why I haven't really been open-minded there is I haven't heard anything new. I'm open-minded to new ideas and, and arguments that I haven't heard before. But hearing an argument you haven't heard before and listening to that argument is not the same as agreeing with that argument. And, you know, the first time that I heard, well, well, you know, drafting higher is just better and they should pursue that. I'm sympathetic to it, but I don't agree with it. And saying it over and over and over again, which is essentially what I experience, um, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for having a big platform, but a negative side effect of that is that 100 people will tell you the same thing over and over without really adding anything new to that conversation. Um, I will continue to respond to them because, hey, they might be having that conversation for the first time, right? I've had it 100 times, but that doesn't mean that I should shut somebody out. Um, but that means it's going to come across like I'm really stubborn because I'm just saying no, 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 no. But I haven't really heard a new argument for that since, I don't know, 2012? It's not really new, and it's honestly not really that interesting. Eric the Red asks, did you enjoy the ride? Here's where I want to get into this heart-to-heart, -heart, where I've kind of been getting to it anyways. Um, this season for me was less enjoyable than any season I've covered before, and it has nothing to do with Locked On or with you guys, with listeners and all of that. I am still unbelievably grateful to be able to do this. I think it's just because they lost a double-digit amount for the first time since Leslie Frazier, and that sucks. It just made it less fun. But I think part of it, too, is that idea that I can't say anything online without someone disagreeing with it because there's just too many people. Like, that is just a law of nature. That's nobody's fault. But if I say anything that's remotely opinionated... There's going to be some contingent that agrees and some contingent that disagrees, which is the beautiful diversity of the human condition. But of the people who disagree, many of them are going to feel a need to correct me on it, which means that I can't say any opinion without getting flooded by a whole bunch of people that disagree. That can get frustrating. <laughs> and I think that I have to put up a wall a little bit because people are going to be jerks to me. I'm going to be jerks to them. And I, I, that's the philosophy that I have on social media. You give what you get, right? If you're really respectful and you're just asking a genuine question, even if it's a question that some people would say is a stupid question, I, I, I've got all the patience in the world for you. If you want to come at me and say that I'm actually an idiot for having an opinion you disagree with, it's the kind of thing you deal with all day. And it got a lot worse this year. And I think that's because the Vikings lost and people are a little angrier about that, which is understandable. And it just kind of manifests itself in whatever way it can. Um, but that means that I, I think I need to change my approach, especially on social media and, and sometimes with this show. And I just need to retreat into where into what I want to do. Um, you know, I, we have to handle the big topics all the time. Right. And talk about what everybody else is talking about. And I, I will do that to the effect of you guys want to hear about, you know, Kirk Cousins' contract whenever that gets decided, of course. But also, 
I am going to just get more different than other shows. And I'm actually really excited about that idea because going with the pack sucks. I'm going to be me. And if you don't like me, I that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to follow. You don't have to listen. You don't have to tell me why, DM me and tell me why you're not listening and tell me why I've fallen off or whatever. You don't have to do that. And that's not because I, I don't care about you. It's because I respect your prerogative. Do what you want, man. And if you want to come hang out, you can come hang out. And if not, that's cool, too. Everybody's a Vikings fan, right? I'll see y'all tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll figure it out. This is going to be how the offseason goes. I'll figure out what I talk about 10 seconds before I talk about it. Welcome to Locked on Vikings. <laughs> and as always, Skull.